Barry Trammell with the Oklahoman. Brett, what's been your feedback from your board and your athletic directors considering expansion with a non-Power 5 member, which would not necessarily upgrade the uh, impending media contract? Well, from my perspective, we have great collaboration with the board uh, and our athletic directors. Obviously, there's lots of different routes you can take with expansion. As I said, we have a plan, but as it relates to any, a school that's a non-Power 5, if they create value and they align well with our goals and objectives, it's a conversation we'll, we'll consider having. And you know, the great thing about my board and, and, and my AD partnership is that we collaborate all the time um, and you know, we can agree to disagree on certain things, and we have throughout the year. Uh, I've learned a lot from both governance groups. But again, if, 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 if within the value equation, there's alignment, you know, power five or non-power five, you know, we'll, we'll look to pursue it. Uh, Kirk Bowles from the Austin American Statesman. Uh, Brett, uh, in terms of pecking order in the power five, where would you say the Big 12 is positioned right now and for the future? And would it be better for the league if maybe somebody besides Texas and Oklahoma didn't win football this year? <laughs> nice to see you. So, from my perspective, and I've said this before, I'm not really competing with the other Power Five conferences. You know, I want the Big 12 to be the best version of ourselves. And if we can do that, we're in a great place. So it's not about ranking us within the Power Five. But I can tell you this, there's been no better time to be a part of the Big 12 than right now. And um, this thing is going to grow, it's going to move forward in a positive way, and I'm really excited about our future. Uh, hey Brett, George Stoya, Soonerscoop.com. Kind of going off that, uh, what specific things you know, will be difficult maybe to replicate with Oklahoma and Texas leaving, whether it's the Red River game, uh, just the tradition of those schools, and how do you maybe plan to replace those things? Well, listen, uh, they have great identity, they're national brands, and they're a big part of the history of this conference. Um, but like I said last year, this conference is bigger than any two schools. So we're in a great place. There's never been a better time than right now to be involved with this conference, and I'm excited about our future. Hi, Brett. Alex Walker. We're Channel 9 in Orlando. Uh, when you visited Central Florida a couple months ago, you mentioned how important it was to have UCF as Florida's flagship school in this conference. What are your thoughts on what UCF has been doing since you visited it, and how important is the flagship effort in one of the biggest states in the country? UCF has done a fantastic job. They're ready for this moment. They've galvanized their fan base. I love how they think about brand. They've done an incredible job recruiting and leveraging the halo of the Big 12 over the last couple of years. As you said, it's an important market for us um, on, on many fronts, and we're excited to have them in the conference. It's a big moment for us. It's a big moment for them. Right, uh, Blair Kirkhoff with the Kansas City Star. Uh, could you speak to football scheduling philosophies? What went into this year? Is it the first year in a while that you know there would be some teams avoided on the schedule? Just. How, what went into the philosophy and what might it look like going forward? Well, I, I don't have a crystal ball on what it's going to look like when it's when, moving forward, but I, I think a lot went into the scheduling this year. Scott Draper and his team did a lot of due diligence. We vetted out a lot of scenarios with our ADs, and I think we came up with a great schedule. 
based on travel, based on trying to maintain some rivalries. Um, and I'm really excited about this year's schedule uh, on many fronts. Uh, in your opening statement, one of your achievements was accelerating the withdrawal of OU. Um, just tell me what those negotiations were like. We're trying to get OU out a year early. What was that back and forth like? And just how long did it take for those negotiations to come to, come to an end? I've got a great partnership um, with the folks at Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, you know, when there's mutual respect and, we, we, and when you're looking for a win-win scenario, those negotiations don't really take that long. Um, and we all wanted the same thing, and, and we got there. And uh, I'm happy for them, I'm happy for us. We brought closure to an issue that was highly discussed this time last year, and I'm happy we did. Brett, Randy Peterson <clears throat> over here from the Des Moines Register. Randy, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, I'm curious, you, you talked about the Big 12 this being a year of celebration. Is, is the Big 12 planning to do anything in conjunction with Iowa State, which is celebrating 100 years of the Jack Trice legacy? That's a great question. I was not aware of that. And I speak to Jamie Pollard quite often, and it's something that he and I will have to discuss. But thank you for bringing that to my attention. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Bobby Burton with On3. Uh, the question I have uh, for you deals with your talks on Capitol Hill and NIL. Uh, can you speak to what the conference's position is on that and what you're trying to get across uh, on Capitol Hill? Well, thank you for the question. Obviously, it's an issue that we're all addressing. Um, I'm working very closely with my A5 colleagues and Charlie Baker. I have spent time on Capitol Hill. Um, we would like federal legislation. Uh, to create some uniformity to NIL. Uh, there's 32 states, and in many cases, very different interpretations. For So federal preemption of state law is certainly something that's high on the list. And there are other components as well that go along with it. But we are addressing it uh, as an industry and, uh, and in partnership with many of the conferences and the NCA. But great question, and thank you. Hey, Brett, Jenny Carlson with The Oklahoman over here. Hello, how are you? Good. You mentioned early about doubling down with some of the conference championships. Our state has a big interest in softball. Can you expand on what you mean by doubling down on those championships? Extending current agreements and making sure that you know our current homes are homes that we have for the foreseeable future in core strategic markets. And obviously, you know, our softball championship site is one of them. Thank you for that question. Brett, Chris Williams from CycloneFanatic.com here in the middle. Um, kind of following up on Jenny's question, I was going to ask about Kansas City. That was your first experience with the basketball. Do you foresee that being a long-term home for the basketball championship? You know, I, I, it was my first time spending significant time in Kansas City. I, I went there with lots of different thoughts came away hugely impressed. You know, we don't have to share our voice in a market like Kansas City during our basketball championship. If you look at some of the other markets, there's multiple conference championships going on at the same time. And the fan base in and around Kansas City, the community, they really embrace this tournament. Uh, obviously, next year, our, our women's uh, championship moves to T-Mobile, which we're extremely excited about. So when I think about Kansas City now, I, I certainly think about 
that market and that championship is one that I'd like to double down on and we are in conversations with you know local officials on extending that agreement as well. Thank you for the question. Brett, Jake Hatch, Locked On Network and KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City. I wanted to ask you, in terms of BYU being on the western flank of this conference, do you have hopes to find another broadcast partner out in the mountain or Pacific time zones at some point? Another broadcast partner? Or, excuse me, not another institution, I guess, to pair with BYU in that late TV window. Well, first of all, you know, we love BYU, excited about them coming into the conference. They bring a different time zone, obviously, which is great for us. We're the only conference in America that's in three time zones. Um, but right now, I mean, there's, there's nothing on the board. I mean, again, you know, we'll, we'll explore all options, but uh, until that point, we love the current makeup, and, and we're excited about it. But thank you for the questions. Hi. Yeah, hi. Um, Mitch Lucas, I'm from the Kilgore News Herald and from the footballbeat.com. Nice uh, to see you, man. Nice to see you, too. Could you just talk a little bit about how important it was to bring the Houston market back in with the University of Houston and maybe in the future um, the University of Houston Athletics just bringing that back into the fold? Well, listen, Houston's a top-ten market, critically important to us. Um, great heritage and legacy, you know, when you think about Houston in general and excited that they're part of the Big 12. I know that was something they wanted to be a part of for a long time. Obviously, you know, football drives the day, but I love their basketball program. Um, they're one of the top, you know, programs in America, and football is very strong too. So we're excited about their entry into the conference, excited to be in a market like Houston. It's vibrant, it's young, it's top 10, delivers a lot of households. So we're really excited about it. Thank you. Uh, Cole Thompson, FanNation.com, right in here, Brett. Uh, How are you today? Good to see you. When you look at the future of the Big 12 with the departures of Texas and Oklahoma, with other conferences addressing permanent rivals, would you have that conversation with teams? And if so, would athletic directors have a say on who they would like as part of their permanent rival? Well, first of all, I defer to my subject matter expert, Scott Draper, who runs football on anything football, and I'm still learning a lot. Um, that being said, the ADs and the conference are very collaborative. No decision gets made without betting it out with our ADs and having that transparency. So certainly something we'll, we'll consider and, and we'll do it with our ADs. Sean, Jay Rogers, CBS Sports over here. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Um, you know, so obviously you guys finalized your television contract. Uh, what parts of the contract uh, within it are maybe non linear or on different days of the week like what other aspects are there to this contract well you know I think it's been made pretty public I mean listen it, it it's heavy on the linear certainly has a digital component um, Fox is now involved in basketball which is extremely exciting um, we will we will explore different days of the week uh, for football games Thursday and Friday um, but most importantly, just going early was critically important for this conference, giving us the stability and the clarity. And as we all know, uh, there's some challenges in the media market today. And m more importantly than all of that is the promotional and, and marketing prowess of ESPN and Fox and what they can do to build the brands of our member institution as well as this conference. So I can't tell you how grateful I am that we went early and that we have doubled down with ESPN and Fox. And candidly, I love the fact that they bet yes for the Big 12. Um, so, exciting times. Commissioner, hi, DJ Murray, Waco Tribune. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Um, 
What was the thought process between Big 12 Mexico and having the exhibitions there, and how do you all plan to expand into the Hispanic media market? Well, great question, and you know, I had a history working in Mexico. Um, I took the Brooklyn Nets there in 2016 and had a wonderful experience, and when I took this job and started thinking about our international strategy, I just didn't want to do a one-off. We had different markets around the world coming to us saying, hey, would you like to do a, a conference game? And what we decided as a collective group is to be a little bit more strategic. And when you look at Mexico, it's an ideal extension to our geographic footprint. And we, when you look at the makeup, many, many of our member institutions, connecting with the Hispanic community is critically important. As I said earlier today, uh, we will offer Hispanic radio for the Big 12 championship game for the first time. And select football and basketball games this year will be on ESPN Deportes as well as Fox Deportes. And ESPN has also made a commitment to air select football and basketball games in Mexico to start seeding the collective brands of the Big 12. So we think it's a huge initiative for us and one we're very excited about. And thank you for that question. Andrew Miner, 24-7 Sports. Uh, how are you today, Andrew? I'm well. How are you? You're about the only one that's wearing a tie. You and me today. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Just to impress. Um, with regards to NIL and the work that you're doing on Capitol Hill, how are you balancing that work as well as uh, trying to use NIL strategy to attract the Gen Z, the next generation of student-athletes? Well, I'm leaving a lot of it, what's happening on a campus to my ADs, but I, I don't think that NIL really plays a role in attracting Gen Z. I mean, we're attracting Gen Z, uh, notwithstanding NIL, and so are our member institutions. And much of what you're hearing today and what's unfolding in front of your eyes with the brand refresh, how we're enhancing and modernizing our championships, how we're creating creative spots to connect with youth culture and that Gen Z demographic. Those are the ways that we are attracting Gen Z, and I feel very comfortable about our approach. It's not about NIL. Brent over here, uh, Mitch Harper with KSL Sports and KSL News Radio. And How are you, Mitch? Doing great. Good. How do you envision the, the four newcomers elevating the brand of this conference and maybe vice versa, the, the, the brand of this conference elevating the newcomers? Well, I, I mean, if you're on social media on July 1, you saw the power of those four brands and how they engage with fans, um, how they think about brand, um, and how they think about social media. So we're excited to be partnered with those four new schools. And, you know, we, we're now in eight states. We, we reached over 75 million people in our footprint now with the help of those four schools. So uh, they bring a lot of value to this conference. And we're, again, very excited to have them. Well, I mean, I, I think I answered the question of what I think about the four schools. But I will tell you, we serve our member institutions. And we're engaged with them on a daily basis. Um, and to the extent that we can help them elevate and amplify what they do and how they do it, that's our role. And I, and I think we've started doing that all right, already. We, we have great collaboration. And um, listen, let's face it, it's been a bit of a step for them up to the Big 12, but they've embraced it, they're investing behind it, and we're collaborating. So again, excited to have the four schools and they're doing a great job. Brett, hey. Um this is Ian and Pichon with Killer Frogs, uh, Fan Nation right here down the middle. Where you? Oh, I here. see you. Uh, Thank just, you. Just a quick question about the agreement with AT&T to extend the uh, Big 12 championship game being here in the Metroplex. What's the significance of keeping it here as opposed to moving it to an alternative location? It's a world-class venue, probably the finest venue in America. Uh, we have a great partnership 
uh, with AT&T Stadium and the Dallas Cowboys and the entire organization. And it's kind of nice that we start our season here effectively and end it here. And in speaking to some of the student athletes that are here today, this place is very aspirational. Um, so doubling down um, on that partnership, critically important for us and very happy about it. But thank you for the question. Hey Brad, Kellis Rabinite here with the Wichita Eagle and the Kansas City Star. Well, I've heard you say that you wanted the conference to stay at 14 members even after this season. Can you expand on why you like 14 compared to 12 or 16? I said, I did say 14. You're absolutely right. I do think there's strength in numbers. But I also said we're not chasing a number. And that, you know, if and when the opportunity presents itself to stay at 14, um, we'll pursue it. But I did say that, and I backpedaled a little bit. Um, because I, I realize, you know, it's not about chasing a number. It's all about creating value for membership, and we'll see where that takes us. But thank you for that question. Back here, Commissioner Kevin Kinder with the Blue and Gold News. Nice On to the, see you. Nice to see you. On the sale of data rights, does that go into next generation type data, like speed tracking, all those kind of things that different schools are doing now, or is it just traditional data? And how do you balance that? against your stated desire to prevent that from assisting gambling? Well, first of all, I'll say it's more traditional, but we're working with our selected partner on how broad we can go. And I do think controlling how our data is disseminated and gathered is critically important with our overall strategy. There are data collectors that are unofficially in our venues right now, collecting data and selling it to third parties. And that's happening all over the country. And our data deal will afford us an opportunity to control that. And that's what we're pursuing. But thank you for that question. Hi, Brett. Michelle Montaigne with the ABC affiliate in Tulsa. How are you today? <laughs> I'm great, thank you. Good. With your background in professional sports, it seems like some of the moves you've made, the halftime performances, the Hispanic broadcast expansions, follow that pro sports prototype. Why did you feel like those were the right enhancements for this conference? Well, it's a great question. And I think many of my skill sets have been transferable into this role. Uh, you know, we're in the business of building brands and businesses and connecting to consumers and providing great fan experiences, all of these things I've done before. Obviously, I've had a lot to learn, uh, and I continue to have a lot to learn, but I do think some of the things that, you know, we, we discussed today as a recap of what we've done over the last 12 months uh, are indicative of things I've done before, and I think they're very transferable to our space. And, you know, when I look back on this first year, I'm thrilled with our progress, thrilled about everything we've done and, and will continue to do, but we're only getting started. For those that have said, my God, you guys have accomplished a lot during this year, I can tell you we're just getting started. There's a lot more to do, but thank you for that question. Brett, all the way back here, Parker Ream with Fox 44 and Waco, all the way back. See my hand up? Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry, a little tough. Sorry about that. No problem, don't worry about it. Uh, kind of going off about that question, you said there's still a lot to do. You came in here kind of guns a-blazing, business is open. Uh, what more do you guys have to do to get where you wanted to go coming into this conference? I mean, the more initiatives, you know, continuing to build the profile and the narrative, making sure we're getting on the consciousness of future student athletes and current student athletes, um, you know, obviously building our revenue, you know, that's a big part of it. We've got lots of ways that we're gonna do that, exciting opportunities in front of us. 
Um, so there's a lot to do. Leverage the capability and influence of ESPN and Fox and their broad reach uh, to broaden our fan base from coast to coast. There's a lot of work to do. We only laid the foundation this year. Henry Greenstein, Warren's <laughs> Journal World, over here. Uh, when you do Henry, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm great, thank you. When you do consider the prospect of future expansion into Thursday and Friday, how do you kind of weigh the interests of television exposure versus those of potential in-person attendees to the games? It's a great question. We collaborate with our REDs. Um, we, we don't do anything, you know, without the input and the sign-off from our ADs and our board. Um, I will tell you that it's very hot during the summer months, um, so especially in the fall. So playing on a Friday night versus Saturday morning does have its benefits. And, you know, when you think about the tonnage of college football on air on a Saturday, provides a lot of opportunity for us to kind of build our profile on a Friday night. Um, but there's a lot that goes into that decision. You're absolutely right. Um, it's not just about visibility. It is all about the fans and what's right, you know, for our, for our schools and their campuses. So all that is part of the consideration set in how we move forward. But thank you for your question.